0: Trust in God and God will make your path straight. And in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. Hopefully by now you've got your Lenten passports. If you haven't got them, there's there's still uh, copies in the Narthex. Please get one. Because we're working through this as part of our Lenten devotion. And just to clarify a couple of things... This is your journey. This is not something that I will take and mark and give you an A plus or a B or i 'm not putting my teaching hat on for this. This is your journey with Jesus and so on Good friday i 'm asking you to leave it at the foot of the cross when we have our when we have our veneration of the cross during Good Friday or to bring it with you and put it in the um, in the in the fire pit when we light the fire. This will be burnt to God because what I'm asking you to do and what I ask you to do always is to hand everything over and to let it go. So if you've burnt the booklet, you can't get it back to change anything. If you've, if you've burnt the booklet, there's nothing for you to reflect on and think, could I, have, could I have written something better? Could I have written something different? Whatever you write, if it is written through the Holy Spirit, it's the right thing for you. So this won't be read, this won't be marked, this won't... None of that. I'll just If you leave it at the foot of the cross, it'll just be collected and put into an envelope and that envelope will just simply be put in the fire and burnt so that you cannot take this back. You've released it to God, you've handed it over to God, so let God take care of it. Let God do the work for you. Let God feel your spirit as we move forward. And as we look at today... I also reflect on what I shared last week, which was if we are carrying things that we need to in, inside ourselves that are blurring our vision, that are creating a weight, a sinful weight in our life, when we allow the Holy Spirit to pour into our lives, all that weight and all, that, all the things that stop us from having vision towards God get cleansed away. And so my message from last week if you've seen, the, it's on the uh, Facebook page, there's a video because I did a bit of uh, some waterworks during the sermon, that was interesting a bit of a mess but hey everyone was happy. But uh, if you look at it you'll see that when the Holy Spirit comes it cleanses us. Now today having gone through the, having gone through the first bit where we've renewed our vows the second bit asks us to, to think about our calling. Now if I've cleansed myself of the things that weigh me down and blur my vision, isn't my understanding of God's calling a little bit stronger? Isn't it, isn't it easier for me to hear God's prompting through the words of the Holy Spirit when I have washed away the soft talk that says, I'm not worthy, God doesn't love me, God doesn't care about me, God is, you finish the sentence for you when all that self-talk that we have in our head is, re- is, is released through the pouring of the Holy Spirit into our life, how much easier is it for us to hear the call of our Lord God? And so we hear from Paul that the faith that Abraham had was counted to him as righteousness. His ears were clear to hear the Lord God. He didn't have a Bible. He didn't have the Old Testament or the New Testament or a commentary to justify what God was doing he was living his faith as a believer in God and so God comes to him and he creates this covenant he says to him you have a plan and a purpose in my vision Abraham through you I am going to create nations more than the stars in heaven through you I am going to you are going to have a child and that child will grow and become your heir Through you, Sarah will also grow and change. But as we see in the Old Testament, Abraham becomes Abraham and Sarai becomes Sarah. It is like with our baptism vows. We cannot move forward cleansing ourselves of the world and staying in the world. When God comes calling on us, when God comes to touch our lives, we are all different. We are changed. And in the Old Testament, the change is given as a change of name. But when we are baptised and when we allow the Holy Spirit to come into our life, you do not carry your old self. You are a new person. You are a new person in God. You are a new disciple in God. And when we read Abraham, we see that his calling is surrounded by lots of blessings. He's going to be the father of a great nation. And he's going to have, the, going to have descendants that go forward. So there's a lot of blessings in the covenant message that God gives Abraham. But in today's gospel, we see a different understanding of calling. Just before this, Jesus asks his disciples, who do, who, do you, who, do you think, who do you think I am? And Peter, as always Peter stands up, and says, you are the Son of God, the Messiah. You are the Son of me. He declares Jesus' messianic position in the world in front of everyone. And he goes, it's been revealed to you from God. And then we come to this section, so, so he's declared that he's God, and then we come to this section of the gospel, and Jesus is saying, I am going to be vilified, I'm going to be hated. The priests, the scribes, the, all the people that are important are going to say, You are nothing and you are going to die on a cross. And so Peter goes, Hang on, you're, you're the Messiah and you're going to die on the cross. I am called to follow the Messiah, but my journey is going to be surrounded by suffering. He's saying, "Lord, you can't do that because you can't you can't die because that's going to affect me. That's that's going to affect who I am because if I'm following someone that everyone else hates, then I am following someone that that I'm going to have all that vilification come on me by association. Because in those in the ancient world, who who your preacher was or who your teacher was, that was given to you. And you you were part of that system. So if Like when we read some of Paul's letters, there's a lot of research showing that Paul didn't write some of his letters. But because the disciples of Paul may have written them, they were counted to Paul. Now whether Paul wrote them or not, the people that wrote them had clear understanding of Paul's perspective and could write for them. So this idea of who is your your teacher or rabbi or leader is very important. And so Peter's here going, no, you can't do that because he's panicking in his head. So Jesus says, get behind me because this isn't a mission. You are seeing it from the worldly perspective. You are seeing it from the seen world. But this is a battle in the unseen world. We say that in the Queen. We believe in the seen and the unseen. So Jesus is working in the unseen world. And so I guess the question for us as we think about our calling, as we think about all the things that we're trying to contend with, when you're on the seesaw of faith, and sometimes that seesaw can be positive or negative, if we see things as blessing us, it's very easy to have faith. Your faith grows and you feel, look at how prosperous I look at all the great things that are happening in my life. So the seesaw is up, it's very high and You're doing very well and everything's going well. But yet the gospel here says that being a follower of Christ has a cost to it. When you are called to follow Jesus, you are called to follow someone who tips the world upside down, someone who does not accept the worldly ways, someone who says the lowest, in your society, are the most important. That's who we're following. And so when we have this perspective, all of a sudden, the costs start mounting up, don't they? And when, and when things cost you, and you're called to follow out your position in God's plan, and it's costing you, and it's a physical cost or a, or a real cost, something in the scene world, you start going, oh Lord, can I do this? How am I able to do this? How am, I, how am I going to go forward in this? It's easy to follow Jesus when we're getting blessings. But when it costs you, it might cost you a friendship. I know in my culture, being Croatian, if you Croatian is being Roman Catholic. I am the absolute black sheep of my family by being Anglican. I, I don't, the only person that speaks to me is my second cousin in Canada and he's a black sheep because he's a musician going around playing his guitar at all the shows and places in Canada. So I am the biggest black sheep in my family. No one talks to me. I ring them up to wish them uh, Merry Christmas and they go, don't ring me, bye. <laughs> it costs. There's a real cost. Because I don't accept... Roman Catholic idea that I can do get to heaven through good works I accept as it's said in the readings today that it was counted to to me as grace and as Jesus says what can you do to repay Jesus what can we actually do with our lives to repay our Lord for the gift that's given nothing you can do absolutely nothing and indeed as people of the as people of the world we are broken so not only can we not do enough good works to repay jesus as we live our life we're constantly going to live in sinful in sinful ways but the blood of jesus helps us the holy spirit helps us so if we are talking about our calling today what do others say about you what do, when you say i want i'm a prayer person or I'm a person that does social justice or I'm a person that collects for food bank. Sometimes when you collect food for food bank, you're going to have blessings. As someone told me how they were kind of collecting food for Christmas and people were leaving bags at their doors, they were getting phone calls, there was things in the main hall and they were just loving it. But sometimes it's not going to go that way. And God will give you what he thinks he needs. Sometimes we need to have our faith affirmed. Sometimes we need those moments for God to come in and and show you, wow, when I do this, it, it actually does lead to a blessing. And I feel, my goodness, I feel so good because I'm doing this. But when we get stronger in our faith, when we are stronger in our faith, God leads us into heavier moments. He apportions us the plan of his kingdom as we move forward in our faith. So the stronger you are and the more you grow in God, well, he's going to say, good and faithful servant, you know that I can work in your life. I've given you examples. Now I'm going to give you a few things to do in my kingdom that are going to be a bit harder. And I want you to do those knowing that I can bless you when I need to. So as we, as we look at, as we look at the, the week two part of our, and Reflection, I am asking you, are you living out your calling? Have you cleared your ears to listen to what God and Christ have called you to do? What is your self-talk? When you, when you hear, I have to be a person who's going to be a prayer warrior or a person that's going to help those that need food or whatever God calls you to be, what is your self-talk in that? Because when you look at Abraham's example, he was told that he was going to be the father of a great nation. He didn't go, oh my goodness, who am I to do that? Can I do that? Oh gee, I'm, you know, I'm not the best person. Am I going to pass on bad habits to my children? You know, all the things that we think about. Well, he kneeled before God and said thank you. He accepted it with his ears focused on heaven. So what's your self-talk saying? Yes, Lord, you've got to do it, man. You've heard heard the calling, go and do it. Or are you going to have a list of all the things that you can't do and the reasons why you don't think you should do it? And as I said last week in my reflection, and I wasn't here, um, and we'll talk about that later, but as I said in my reflection last week, when we become the accuser, we're taking Satan's job away from him. You're doing, Satan's having a cup of tea and cakes and you're doing all the things that Satan is doing, is called to be, which is the accuser in your life. You're just accusing yourself. So stop it. Let Satan do his job. Let the Holy Spirit fill you so that you don't hear Satan's word but you hear God's word. And be strong in your faith. I ask you to think about what others will say to you. I remember when I told my friends at work I was the head of Pasteur House and I said to all the teachers look, I've got a calling, I'm going to resign as the head of house and I'm going to go into theological college and and the reaction was everyone said almost like oh it's about time. They were kind of just sick of me kind of sitting around moping feeling like I wasn't doing what I was meant to be doing. So I had great affirmation at the time. But then since then, other people, who, what sort of a priest are you? How can you do this? Why do you do that? This is upsetting me. That, so I had great affirmation saying, yes, I'm called to do that. But as my faith grew and as my journey grew, God asked me to remember that time that I sat with my friends who, who kind of went, oh, well, it's about time, Rob. You know, We're sick of you doing this because you should be doing that. And so... I use that moment to keep it. When someone says, oh, well, I'm not happy with you, I reflect on it and I use that moment that God filled me to help me get through those moments. And then the last part of our booklet, it says, what can you pray to God through the Holy Spirit to help you with your calling? So if you have an idea of what your calling is, if you have an idea of what it is, do you need... The self-talk to be silenced? Do you need someone, Lord, I want to do this calling, but I need someone to stand with me and explain, me, explain that idea to me. Lord, I'm feeling like I'm hearing what you're saying, but I just don't have the skills to do it. Can you send me someone that can teach me the skills to do it? Try and use that time of prayer not just to say to God, I can't do it, But say to God, what do you need to be able to do it? Because we are called to take up our cross and follow Jesus. And so during this time of repentance, during Lent, I'm asking you to repent from anything that stops you putting your hand on the cross, picking it up, putting it on your shoulder, and moving forward with Jesus. I'm asking you to repent from that. So the last part of that page says, finish this sentence. I'm going to repent by. So however you want to repent, whatever you need to do, fill that in and think about what it means for you as you move forward. Today's reading is a very powerful reading from God, saying, I am the the Lord of all. But in the world, people don't know my name. They reject me. They reject who I am. And so when you do things and you're rejected, just remember that I was rejected first. And if Jesus was rejected and we try and move into that space and we feel rejected, then doesn't that mean we're closer to Jesus than at any point in our lives? It is better to be rejected for following Jesus as closely as we can than it is to do all the sinfulness, all the sinful acts that then cause hurt in relationships and cause pain in people's lives. So I encourage you to spend this week understanding what you are truly called to do. What is your place and space in God's plan for our parish and for the release of the kingdom through all those places around us? The Lord be with you.